your attention is right now. And allow this quality of mindful awareness to land within, to rest within the experience of the body sitting. Simply knowing there is a body. And just as the body is resting on the earth, we don't have to push it down or hold it there. If we just relax in whatever posture, sitting, standing, on a cushion, chair, the body rests, resting on the earth. Let the mindfulness, the awareness rest within the body in this simple way. Don't have to push it there, hold it there. Sitting, sitting. Often helpful as we begin a period of meditation to let the attention move through the body in a somewhat systematic way. We can start with the top of the head and the area of the forehead, just inviting relaxation. The eyes, you don't need to be looking around at anything. They can kind of rest softly in the eye sockets. Even when the eyes are closed, sometimes we find we're looking at experience. Let them rest there. There's nothing to be looked at. The sides and back of the head. Releasing the jaw. Places we tend to hold tension. Relax the tongue in the mouth. Don't need to be pushing the tongue against the roof of the mouth or against the back of the teeth. Sometimes we hold tension here and we don't notice. The throat, let the back of the neck be long as though the crown of the head is floating towards the sky, as though we're hanging from a string maybe. And sometimes this gentle lengthening of the neck is aided by a very slight tucking of the chin very little can help to lengthen and relax the neck. The shoulders can be dropped. You could even lift them for a moment if you want to and then drop them back. So the shoulder blades slide down the back. And we feel the upper, middle and lower part of the back and the natural curves in the back. So we're not trying to hold the body unnaturally straight. Those curves are there for a reason. The body can be alert and upright and yet relaxed. Back to the shoulders and the upper arms, elbows, forearms, wrists, and the hands. Let the attention rest within the hands, either Resting on your lap, one touching the other, or 
perhaps on either leg, hands touching, touching. Back to the upper part of the torso, the chest, the area we call the heart center at the base of the sternum, the rib cage, the belly. Let the belly be soft. We don't need to hold tension there to keep us sitting upright. Let it be soft and open. The area of the pelvis, relax the buttocks. We don't have to grip these large muscles. The hip joints can be open and easy. Upper part of the legs, front and back and the knees. Lower leg, calf and shin and the ankles and feet. Inviting relaxation to all the parts of the body. And then allowing the attention to become a little more broad and the sense of the whole body as a field of changing sensations. Various feelings there of pressure and warmth and coolness and vibration. Hardness and softness and so forth. All these different sensations that is our direct experience of the body, body sitting. And taking just a moment to tune to the sense door of the ear and the experience of hearing. Receiving the sounds that are coming in to the ear from within the room, from outside. Soft internal sounds, the sound of my voice. We don't have to go out and grab them. They, they just come to us. There's contact and hearing arises. The sounds are known. We don't have to make it happen. So we can get this sense of receiving our experience somewhat easily with hearing, at least for some of us. This receptive quality is clear there. The sounds come to us. The knowing happens by itself. And we can receive all experience in this same way. We don't have to go grabbing onto it or chasing it. We let it come to us. So we can receive the experience of the 
movement of the breath, just as we do the arising of sounds and the experience of hearing. The breath arises within the body, that movement, rising, falling. It may be quite subtle. It could be useful to gently rest your hand on the abdomen to help you connect with this if you're using it as an anchor. Place to begin, a place to begin again. So we can incline the mind, the attention to what we've been using as our anchor, our point of departure, you could say, our place to reconnect when the attention wanders into thinking. Could be the rising falling movement in the abdomen, the experience of hearing, the sense of the body sitting, alternating with the hands touching, kind of a two-part anchor. And this is where we can begin and where we can begin again. So we're not gripping the anchor or trying to force or tether our attention to it. We have a relationship there that helps us to stabilize the attention and establish mindfulness, a place we can always come to and begin again. And this is our practice of coming back to mindfulness Mindfulness re-arising, beginning again. So in that willingness to show up for our life, and to start again when we do get lost and come back, there's a thread of of kindness and care in that willingness to meet our life just as it is. See if we can attune to that, can tell ourselves I'll take care of my life by actually showing up for it. That's the most caring thing we can do, the kindest thing we can do in the long run. And when other objects arise, sensations in the body, feelings and moods and thoughts. When we become aware of that, then the attention is there. That's the object. We don't have to go there. We don't have to do something with it or change it or fix it. We just know, oh, warmth. confusion, 
thinking, hearing, using this tool of mental noting if we find it helpful, a light, light whisper in the mind. Less than 1% of your experience, you could say, just the slight whisper of a word that helps us to connect, using that tool if it is helpful, when it is helpful. And always remembering that We can incline towards simplicity if things feel confusing or complicated. Come back to the simplicity of knowing that there is a body sitting. The simplicity of receiving sound. It really is that simple.
we had a teacher in Burma um, who we used to go see whenever we have the, had the chance. Uh, he died about a year and a half ago at the age of 99. Uh, he was uh, called the Myatong Sayadaw, and any of you who've sat with us, this group before, will probably have heard stories about him. We had nicknamed him, somebody nicknamed him the Happy Sayadaw, and uh, he was probably the happiest being I've ever met, certainly. And he'd, at the time of his death, I think he'd been in robes for 87 years. Um, and, you know, he was the real deal. He had been a teacher of many famous teachers and had a real depth of wisdom and uh, had studied all of the texts. And, and he was, so he wasn't a lightweight, but he was very, very light. And uh, one time we were visiting him and someone asked him a question about uh, meditation and they mentioned something about wandering mind. And he said, oh, wandering mind? Oh, never mind. You just start again. Just start again. Never mind. Now, that's, there's a lot of wisdom in that if we hold it in the right way. Because we can't control whether or not thinking is going to arise and, and we'll maybe get lost in that. And we also can't control when mindfulness will re-arise. We can't make, make that be the way we want it. And, but we have a choice when we come back to presence, when mindfulness does re-arise, we can be really mad about it. The fact that we, that wandering mind occurred or you can be glad that we're back and we can say, oh, never mind, I'll just start again now. I recommend being glad you're back and really noticing that moment. And so that, that never mind isn't like, it doesn't matter or we're not serious about our practice or we're not dedicated or we're not bringing the fullness of our sincerity to bear. It's not that. But it's being realistic and very kind. So um, you can, might even play with that when, if you, when you wake up from being lost in thought. You might even say those words, oh, never mind. Oh, well, I'll just start again now. And this is our practice, is this willingness to begin again. I don't care how long you've been at it. At some point, you have to begin again. <laughs> and I've been at this for a long time, and I promise you, I guarantee you, I have to begin again a lot within a period of meditation. So do you have any questions this morning about your practice or anything that may have been said in the talks or in the hall? Hmm. The question is a comment about overwhelm, feeling overwhelmed, and how that might relate to the hindrances. And sometimes something will arise, usually in the realm of uh, an emotion or a mental state, we could say, that can feel overwhelming, perhaps strong feelings of, of uh, fear or anger, sadness. 
Is there a particular thing that you're uh, that is is happening? Could you say something about your direct experience? Yeah. So in her experience, there's this sense of, of uh, quality of sadness arising and um, becoming strong. And then there's this um, layering on top of that that feels almost like a, a criticism or a trying to suppress it or get rid of it, making it into a problem. And then it seems to just steamroll into this mess. Um, yes. Awareness of a mess, a tangle, <laughs> gets tangled sometimes. When we first, one thing to bear in mind is that these, our emotions are not wrong or bad or something we have to get rid of. <laughs> it's like what Michelle was saying the other night that I thought was just so great is this sense of, of making friends with all of our life, making friends. Did we come here to befriend sadness? To befriend whatever. And so um, when we, when one, so a place to start when we become aware of an emotion like sadness, for example, it's really helpful um, when, when we notice that's there to, to name it if we can, oh, sadness. To tell, to sort of have this, um, reminding, oh, this is this is the experience. This is what it's like to feel sadness. And often, when there's a strong emotion, there can be a lot of um, it can fuel a lot of thinking, a story, what it's about. Oh, I'm always going to be sad. I'm always lonely. This thing happened. Whatever it can it can steamroll into a lot of thinking. And it's really helpful as much as possible to. Um, bring the attention to the direct experience of the feeling of the sadness. Often in the body is a good place. There's usually some sense of, of some bodily uh, manifestation of that. And that's often a really uh, great way to ground into the direct experience and let go of the story that, that the mind may start to tell us. And, and, um, Really being willing to, to be with it and to sit with it, to get to know it. If it starts to get really, really too strong in the meditation, it can be really helpful to open our eyes at a point because it can fill the whole space of the mind. But if we open the eyes, the space of the mind can tend to, to get a little bigger. So something like that can really help in, right in the moment to remind ourselves this is not a problem or something I have to get rid of. It's not wrong or bad that this is arising. If we notice that, that the mind is, is, that there's this critical mind saying, you shouldn't be, f- what's it saying? You shouldn't be feeling this? Or, you don't have to answer that, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's um, to notice that critical mind and to see if you can, um, you know, it's 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 trying to help. <laughs> it's trying to help <laughs> critical mind. You know, all the all the times we tell ourselves, 
you know, we're doing it wrong or we're bad or wrong. It's, there's a wholesome root there. It's trying to be helpful. It's just a little confused about what actually might be helpful. So you could say, if you notice that critical mind, you know, thank you for trying, but I, it's not working. <laughs> Let's try something. I'm going to try something else. You know, so we, we don't then, you know, rage against the critical mind. You know, that adds to that tangle. And then at a certain point, if it's just a complete mess, you know, and it's just like you can't unpick it at all, it can be really good, and and opening the eyes might be part of this, at that point, if not before, to really intentionally uh, take the attention away from the whole thing and go uh, maybe down into, low into the body sitting or or to the feeling of the movement of the breath or something that feels like, um, okay, I can't, figure this other thing. I can't untangle this other thing, but I can feel something simple like knowing that the body, there is a body, for example. Just remind yourself the body sitting. That could be. So there's, there's lots that we could say about this, and we will be talking about this kind of thing more, but there's a few suggestions there. Anything else? Someone else? So in those kind of situations when um, anger or sadness become overwhelming, um, my tendency is to try to solve it by applying metta, which worked for me really well in my last retreat. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, detrimental or would would you say it's better to just be with the relationship with these Mm -hmm. negative emotions Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to retrain the heart to be in a different emotional space with the supposed causes? Mm-hmm. So a comment of um, when, when strong emotions arise and seem to get to the point of feeling overwhelming, uh, then often the uh, application or the turning the mind towards this quality of metta, maybe even some compassion <laughs> might be part of that, uh, has, has uh, been useful has helped to kind of at least soothe the situation, whether or not that's, that's a good thing to do or, or uh, better to stay with, with the, the experience. And, um, and there was the, the sense that, that using the metta to, to solve it. <laughs> I would say that it can be skillful to bring the quality of kindness, whether it's uh, in the form of, of metta or uh, more of the compassion, um, which actually I would say the compassion is more applicable if there's an overwhelming emotion to truly say, oh, this is really hard, to really acknowledge this is, this is suffering, this is difficult. And this sense of, um, I care about that. I'm not going to abandon myself because I'm having a hard time. To me, that would be the kind of flavor of that. I'll stay, I'll stay here with myself, even though it's really hard right now. I'm not going to abandon myself by beating myself up or something like that. So it can be skillful, and we can even apply that quality of, of care without having to um, feel that we're ditching the situation or ditching the thing. We can bring it right into the, the, the midst of it, in a sense. But I would be careful of the... Um, the sort of 
solving it, (laughs) that I'm doing this to solve it or fix it. I would be careful of that attitude that um, that's, it might not, if it doesn't work, then then it's a failure. And also it's, um, it's not, it's not a thing to be solved. It's a, it's a situation to be understood and to see what's happening there. So I would be just, I, I wouldn't rule it out because sometimes it's just like, it's just such a mess. So again, to the previous question, at some point when it's just like at that place where I'm just messed up royally here, to bring this sense of, you know, really turning to, but I care about myself and I care enough that I'll, I'll, I'll stick around and I won't abandon myself, but can I hold this with some real tenderness? Knowing that this is, this is part of life, this is the human condition, sometimes we just get swamped by things. But sometimes we do need to, you know, if we're just getting punched out, I think I may have said this yesterday in the group, we, so at a certain point we need to get out of the way of those punches. So going to something neutral, as I suggested, or perhaps applying some soothing energy here where we unhook from the need to try to untangle or fix this and just hold it uh, more broadly and with tenderness. So, um, hmm. a couple of announcements. Sometimes we post a note for uh, one or the other, one of you on the board, and it may be because perhaps you missed a group and we're checking in to see if you're okay or um, whatever. Something could come up where we need to leave you notes. So we'd ask that you at least once a day kind of glance up there um, and see, make sure there's not a note for you. Um, and in terms of the groups, these are not, in, it's not just sort of, well, if you're in the mood, you can go if you want to. We're asking you to come. <laughs> so. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.